um, I have a song out now with Grapefruit Sound Lab, uh, Robert Courtney, and it's on Howl Records, which is Howard Shore of um, uh, Lord of the Rings and a bunch of other movies. He scored all that. Um, the title is, is called Don't Fall For It. Now, the interesting thing about that is the very first song I did with stuff I did with George, like as a bride, was Never Buy Texas from a Cowboy. And those two meanings go together. Like um, ice cream and what? I don't know. Like they just go together. Like I, I was, I was trying to debate like how I was gonna do it, but they go together. They mean the same thing. Never yeah. buy tech cowboy. Don't fall for it. Which I just found out the thing about the rest of the the rest of the song. Um, or by a bridge when you're in Brooklyn. There was a guy. His last name was Brody, by the way, which is very funny. Did you know he sold the Brooklyn Brooklyn Bridge for thirty years? He did not own it. Every week he sold it to somebody new and he didn't own it for 30 years. So people fell for that lie for 30 years. Wow. And then he got caught and he went to jail for life. But, you know, crime really doesn't pay. But the fact is, they fell for it. Yeah, he like, must have had charisma. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. So the whole thing is, I feel we really have to, like, do our due diligence in life. Because cause a lot of people are getting caught up in things and and they're disappearing. Like my friend is has disappeared over three months ago in California. And I wish I could give him this message. So I am on a mission to get this. I want that message to be the first thought bubble that comes to mind whenever you feel that little tinge. You said, mm, this isn't passing the fish test. So when you feel that feeling and that little voice says something, then don't fall for it. Don't go forward. Do not move on that put your little toe in the water and sample the temperature before you jump in. It's just a real needed thing. And I felt like it had all my messages, like appreciate me was about, did you know that was about George? The song, no. you don't appreciate me. Okay. I want to tell the story. Um, I remember it was Belita. Uh, Kendra had gone with George to the uh, Cole Haan Nike outlet. They had merged. So she came back with all this really cool stuff, man, like leather and oh my God. And and she hooked Belita, but Belita wasn't happy. <laughs> and Belita was like, I don't want this. She voiced her opinion, but my mom was always like, be happy with whatever you get because you didn't have to get that. So we got like, you know, some little sneakers and a little nylon jacket. And that was cool. And Kim and I got the same thing. We wore ours as twins that night. But down inside me, I didn't feel appreciated. I'm going to be honest. And I told George this. So when my friend asked me, uh, Jackie B was like, we, we wrote the song. He said, hey, what are you feeling right now? And it came out like a volcano. Do you remember our trip to paradise? Uh, you, uh, We saw the stars together. The sky was so nice. Now she's walking down the runway. <laughs> and you, I mean, it, the, the song is all about, you just dissed me. You know, like, I, I did seniority and all that didn't mean anything. You just like, you didn't, where about my, where my stuff at? You know, it was like that. I couldn't, you can't really say that. And so many people I found out felt like they had not been appreciated, but were afraid to say it. So what they did, they told me like, I just put your song on. I don't say a word. Like, I don't have to say anything. I, my boyfriend was acting this way or, and the people come to me and said, you saved my life with that song because I couldn't figure out why I was so unhappy. And then when I listened to the words, it dawned on me, I wasn't being appreciated. 
And I had no idea that that song was going to be as big as it was. I mean, when the top 200 of that year was number one in Billboard. Yeah, I mean, I want to just make it clear for viewers. Belita was Belita Woods. And um, uh, the song we're talking about, 2003, I think. Yeah. You it under the name Blackwood, though? Amuka. Blackwood was was before that. Blackwood was in Italy. I lived in Italy for a year and a half. I love Italy. I love Italians. Oh my, they're so, it was so much fun. It was so beautiful, awesome, incredible. It was amazing. And then to go over there and get a hit song was even even more amazing. The peace song, peace. Okay, so that was his Blackwood. Then appreciate me. Yeah. Azamuka. Azamuka. I came back. I, you know, I was going to get a, um, you remember there was a guy, um, Carmen Cacciatore, he did uh, the Barbie Girl song, right? And he believed in me, and he was like, look, he was going to give me a development deal. So then I got the offer to go to Italy at the same time. And he was like, well, you know, just go, why don't you just go over there, and maybe you should just go and see if you have the it factor. Well, I did. And it happened. And it was, it was amazing. And then I had to come back home for other reasons. I was married. And I had a child, so you know. So my husband at the time was like, "You better come back right now, or you know else." So I had to come home and take care of that. But I probably would no, and that wasn't the only reason. Um, it got kind of interesting because they kept telling me I couldn't say my real name. Like only if Sheila, if they tell you, uh, "What is your name?" You are Blackwood. You are not. I said, "No, I'm Sheila." No, 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 no. You are only Blackwood because they owned Blackwood, the name. Even when I did interviews and I told them, I, w- I was like, nope. <laughs> and then they told me I couldn't sing. I sang in my friend's restaurant, right? He had a big restaurant and I sang, no, 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 you must not do this. You cannot sing in the restaurant. You don't understand. You are you are on a different level in Italy. You do not know how it is in Italy. Is it this way? He actually called people peasants. Are you kidding? I'm from P-Funk and he called people peasants. We don't play that. We don't do that. It's like, no. It's not my culture. So um, it got interesting and um, they were very, and they weren't, they weren't really honest with the money at some point, uh, you know. So I was like, I gotta, I'm gonna go. They didn't want me to leave, but I had to go. But I love Italy. I'm just telling you, it's amazing. How, how, awesome. how did a funk, funk girl get so wrapped up in dance club music? Oh, wow, okay. My friend Louis Barlow, he kept taking me to Jackie B's. The first time I went to Jackie B's, he said, you got to meet this producer, Sheila. He's really good, you know, did it. And he was doing, he was working with Gregorian chants. Like he was doing, he's really like very spiritual and oh, it was awesome. So the first time nothing happened. So then Louis took me back again. And that's when Appreciate Me came up, like just out of just right out of me. Wrote it in 15 minutes. Only had one verse, Right. Do you remember paradise? We found the stars together. The sky was so bright. You took her shopping. You don't remember me. Now she's walking down the runway. How wrong can you be? You don't appreciate me. And that was it. And they started to play Peter Rohoffer of Star 69 Records, started to play just the acapella because the guy was shopping it. And he said, I reminded him of Marianne Faithful, which I didn't even know who she was at the time. Like, who was that? But he said people were going crazy over just the vocal, the acapella. So he knew he had a hit. So he signed the record. 
that's another story that people make sure people are telling you the truth when they get the record signed. Because I thought he signed from one amount. I found out later it, 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 we the guy actually got three times that amount. So live and learn. That's what don't fall for it. Never by texting the cowboy is about. That book is going to enlighten people in situations like that. Like don't fall for this. Everything is not okay. And I didn't even get paid for that session. Actually, I paid for my parking for that session. Mm-hmm. And out of $3,500, which is what he got, I got $350. Because I thought he only got $1,000. Yeah. So don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. <laughs> so things like that happen. And just like recently, I was, I was <clears throat> I'm not going to say this guy's name, but I did a song. It's not the one I'm doing now. It's called Stand Up, but they'll figure out who it is. Anyway. So I did the song and uh, it's on his label and everything. So somebody alerts me that my acapellas were being sold. Without, I didn't had no idea. You can't sell people's acapellas without their permission for commercial gain, without letting them know. That's a law. So when I confronted this person, they were like, oh, well, okay, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. I said, well, don't sell anymore until you send me the money that you owe me. They send me a certain amount of money. So then it waited 10 days, I got the money. And then after I got the money, I was like, well, how long have you been selling these my acapellas and for how much? Then they were like, oh, I paid you too much money. You got to send me money back. Now, you know. <laughs> that was unbelievable. That was like a, that was like, we have a certain party right now out here in the universe that use those tactics to try to throw something else into the hit. Let me see if that'll hit the wall. You forget about that. Uh, I, I, I probably owe you more money. It was unbelievable. Like you didn't even realize you can't do that. So I'm going to tell people, no, you cannot sell people's acapellas for commercial gain without their permission and their knowledge, period. Seems like common sense, yeah. <laughs> but, well, I, 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 I want to point out that you had, according to the list I have here, uh, one, two, three, four, five top ten U.S. Club Play songs between 2003 and 2007. Um, and another one, I Miss You, in 2008, that was top 25. Um, yes. how, how many of your funk fans do you think know they, about none your, of your club? <laughs> your club <laughs> how, many, how many clubbers know about the funk? I think some of the clubbers know about the funk, but they don't tend to like each other. I'm serious. It's like the, my funk fans, well, can't you do some funk? Like, they, they'll they like, I'm like, well, I think my dance music is pretty good. And dance people like, like. Or the funk people and the dance be like, well, can't you do some more dance? Like, it's like they don't like each other. Do you do you know what I'm saying? It's like the fans don't want to. They want me to. My funk fans want me to do funk, and my dance fans want me to do dance. They don't want me to do funk. You understand? They want me to do the other one. Isn't that weird? It makes it hard to uh, do a, a show that combines. Well, it's gonna happen. They're gonna share each other. They're gonna share each other. Y'all gonna have to share each other because it's all the messages for everybody. I really want to don't fall for it to be a big giant thought bubble that appears like boop, like oh wait a minute because we need help. We're in a we're in a real predicament right now. This world is in a predicament, and I just feel like we need all the help we can get. So no um, being positive is because uh, people are always capable of the unbelievable. Good you, you talk about getting over the hump, which is a big phrase in P-Funk lore. Um, yes. And, and how important that is and also having a good time. When you realized that the brides were no more, how did that go down for you? When I realized the brides, Junior, 
when, when you realized that they were no more, it was going to be oh. the record for you, and that was it. I just moved on. I just kept it moving. I it didn't really um, it didn't really affect me. I just I just kept moving. I I just next, like I really try. I'm gonna be honest. I tried to run away from being a P Funk All Star. I'm serious. I was like, I don't know if I really want to be a P Funk All Star right now because. I mean, people had some choice. I mean, it was it was bizarre at a moment. I had to really defend George a lot and being a P-Funk All-Star. Because if you were a P-Funk All-Star, everybody thought you were a drug addict. Oh, she's got to be a drug addict because she's a P-Funk All-Star. Or she's got to be a sex addict or all these other horrible things that they think about entertainers, which is all crap. Because everybody in the band were not drug addicts. You know, a lot of people don't do anything at all. Don't even drink. But you're stuck with that persona if you're in the band. Oh, you must do that. And I wasn't like that. So I kind of was like, well, I'm going to have to just step away from this for a minute and just be uh, a dance person. They never knew about P-Funk. All the day, like when I went to Europe, I mean, when I went to Italy, they didn't know about P-Funk. I didn't use anything to build anything, but now I want to put everything together and build on that. Were you surprised by how successful you ended up being in the club music? Mm, nope. <laughs> no, I was. I was shocked. Cause I'm telling you, I did. I mean, I remember I made like five or six thousand dollars for like five minutes. It was amazing. That was like I went and sang "Appreciate Me." Okay, here's your check, six thousand for seven thousand for one song. I was like, oh my god, never got that with funk. I'm not gonna lie, Mm-mm, not even close. And you didn't have somebody asking you for a hundred dollars of it. Oh my god, which I was very willing to give. I was like, here, take my little hundred. But um. I love dance. I love funk. I love good music. I, I mean, I like I like all different genres. I love hip hop. You know, like working with Public Enemy was like an amazing adventure, and I love those guys. They're family. That's another family. How, how, how did you connect with Chuck D? Um. Okay, my friend. We're back to Drac. Here's Drac again. Drac passed away. May he rest in paradise. Um, Drac was telling me he said Sheila because he would do a lot of. Um, he was the the guitar player for Slave. And he would do a lot of other like side projects. So he would like say, and then I hear about the side projects after the fact. And all these girls, go, oh, we did this project, we got paid. And I'm like, well, why didn't you call me? So he came clean with me, he said, Sheila, I gotta be honest with you. He said, every time I would do a project and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna call Sheila. I'm like, no, you don't need to call Sheila, we got this. So he said, this time I'm gonna call you first. So they came to him, they had hired they had like these young kids that they had on the label, but they couldn't translate what in the studio to the stage. So they figured they wanted somebody seasoned, somebody that knew the stage, could handle the stage, and needed a new something new. So we were gonna do with um, Mark Woods of um, Lakeside. Yes, Mark is amazing. We were gonna do a project with Mark and Drac and myself, and uh, I remember they had a conference call. We were conference calling, and this one conference call, um, Drac did I, I couldn't make that one and he told them look after we do this i would like for you guys to do an album on sheila by herself and they agreed but of course you know he died before we even got to do the project and they kept their word and they called me up gary ronaldo they're like hey you know we got this project we want to do this and uh we like to do this and then um we did and then there came a time when there was a little little person got interjected into the scene and you know like public enemy they're not really they were having some difficulties i saw the whole thing and i'm putting it in my book i'm gonna be nice though but it was one person that kind of like went in there and just 
I couldn't believe it was like a whirlwind. It was like unbelievable. Yeah. And that was my band. I mean, I, they're still my band. I love them. Like the song, everything, um, that was really fun when it was going to two million. And I was like, whoa, very happy. And then we did um, Honky Talk Rules. And that's where Chuck has a cowboy hat on. And that was fun. But then the band, I'm so, I'm, I'm like, we were getting ready to soar. And then there was this dissension inside the band. So Chuck and Chuck and Gary stopped talking. And that was their label. Spit Digital was their label. So this person came in and they just, they split. And then they went to the next person and they kind of went and did their little thing. That's pretty interesting. And the end game is pretty interesting. I'll tell you that after the interview. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I watched them, like I watched this whole thing happen. And I was so... It was beyond my scope of understanding. Um, I love those guys. So my songs didn't really get to see the total light of day, but I did do Midnight Train to Georgia. Gary did make me do that song because I didn't want to do it. I'm like, I don't want to do Gladys Night. Everybody's going to compare me. But I did do it. And it was a one take, but I didn't like the makeup. Mm-mm, no, I didn't. So anyway, <laughs> I did, but it's on YouTube. But I'm thankful that I did it. I really loved working with Gary and his wife. It was really good. And this person that came in, they kind of were, she was working a lot of, uh, I fell for it. I fell for the negativity and the fear that she was feeding me. And not only me, all of them, they all fell for it. Never, ever, ever fall for fear. Because it's either, there's only two, your thoughts and actions are always sponsored by either love or fear. Don't fall for any actions sponsored by fear. It's never a good ending. So, I'm all about love. Then follow your gut, is I think the other message that you. Yeah, exactly. Follow that first mind is telling that little voice is telling you, "Mm -mm, this this isn't passing the fish test. You know what I'm saying? So if you know that, don't like people know that they still move forward. (laughs) I'm trying to make it not do that. When you get that feeling, stay with it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do you ever feel like this? Do you ever feel like the. What's that saying? The um, wisdom is lost on the. <laughs> what? On the. <laughs> you wish you could go back and knowing what you know now, you know. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. So I feel like wisdom and understanding. I feel like they're really the keys to life. And if I can be, if I can share my experiences where I, I fell for it, but I survived it. So hopefully I can share some experiences with people so they don't have to. They don't have to go through that experience. They can avoid that. Don't even fall for it. Because I'm going to don't fall for this one because this is a scam. This one, don't do this one. Like when I would, look, I was in a, a, I was in a supermarket in California and I've never seen this in my life. We specifically went there to eat a steak because I had been, I was, I've been a vegetarian for a while. And I'm like, okay, I want a steak. I don't want a good one. It was like $17 or something ridiculous. Me, my friend and I, we, we ended up spending like $50 or $60 in groceries. Get home. There's no steak. Where's my steak? Go back. The, the grocer guy, the check guy, the regist- at the register, he flipped the steak in the bag. You know the bags that they that they put your groceries in. Somehow he flipped it and put it underneath the register. He was going to take it home later. <laughs> wow. So, that was one you never heard of. That's so an interesting we, scam. Yeah. We saw it. The only way they thought I was crazy. Look at me, like right, right. I said, check the camera, and there. Oh my! He was like. Oh my, I've never done that before. I bet you haven't. I never even heard of that scam. And there's another scam in California that I'm gonna warn people about right now. The one where somebody, this girl, I'm gonna give her initials, 
MG. She, I trusted her. I thought she was cool. She was a, she's in the game. She's an artist like me. Um, she said, oh, I need $300. I just moved from back from San Diego. She said, all you need to give me is $300 this month and, you know, we'll figure it out. I Just help me out. Okay. Give her the money. She terrorized me for two days until I moved out. So what she does is she lets people move in, takes your money, terrorizes you, then you leave. And then the next victim comes in. That's a California scam. How about that? <laughs> Did you get that? Yeah. They're unbelievable. I know. I know. It's I, I want to ask you about Don't Fall For It. Um, yeah, really catchy. Congratulations on that track. Thank um, you. I think Thank it's you. got more... Um, crossover potential than some of the more straight club tracks. Yes. Um, yes. I think it, you know, it's got some R&B uh, flavor to it. And so I think, you know, it's got a lot of potential to hit different markets for you. Did I send you all the, all the mixes? No. Okay. I have to send you all the mixes. You only, I, there's like, there were 10 more that just made, that just happened. Because first we serviced the clubs in the, um, Barbara Sobel, I have to say her name because she really is awesome. We service the record pools. Because one thing I'm going to tell you, it's really important if you can get your song on the floor in the dance in the dance club before you actually put it to the radio. And the reason is it's going to have a longer life. If you start on the radio, once it goes up that whole little thing, when it drops down, it's gone. You're done. But if you take it through the clubs, thank you, baby, take it through the club then you have all that time that that song's gonna be out there. It, it, we didn't plan for it to happen this way, it just did. We planned it, you know, we, were gonna, we didn't know if we were gonna do Billboard, but so we took it this way. And then Mike Cruz, oh my God, Mike Cruz, I love him. We went, we did a show in, um, no, he was doing a show, I was doing the video in uh, Jersey City and he played at this club called 626. It was packed, beautiful club. He played that song after he mixed it into Appreciate Me. And I sit there and watch these people scream and sing the words to a song they never heard before in their lives. So you're absolutely right. It does have crossover potential. Well, did you, uh, you mean, I know I was a longtime club and mobile disc jockey in Los Angeles. And I was what? a member of Impact and Resource Record Pools, which were like the biggest, you know, black music pools in LA. And so I helped break a lot of records in the 80s. So. <laughs> I have, pretty good, I have a pretty good ear for what's going to, you know, catch. I love you, man. Will you, I, can I encourage you to do it again? Get back <laughs> into it? I'm not kidding. I don't, in, in whatever capacity, because like, you're already, you already enrolled into who we are. You know who we are. You know what, why we're here, what we stand for. I mean, it's all about um, living life easy, seriously. Like living life and having fun at it and having, having fun and being happy. That's a serious thing that people don't seem to get. They're too caught up into all the other stuff. Are, 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 do you have an album in the works or just taking one song at a time? You know what? I did three songs. This is what happened. Robert has been working with, uh, he worked with Howard Shore like before, but he, when he did this project, we did three songs. The second one's called Anti-Social Media Horror. You're gonna like that one. <laughs> There's another one called Love Cards. So we did the three songs and Robert said he used to send him stuff. And he went, oh, that's okay. And, he, and sometimes he didn't respond. But when he heard the three songs we did, he signed the record. He's like, bring me that record. Bring it to me right now. The whole album is good, but I'm only on three songs. You know, but I am working on, I am working on doing my own 
my own album again, which I just got in, in the studio with Nick Speed, who's a really fabulous producer here in Detroit. And we're working on something. But I did do something with um, uh, oh my, Kamal Humphrey. He's the, the music director of um, uh, American Idol. That's right. Musical director of American Idol. I did uh, some songs with him. They're pretty fierce. They remind me of Lizzo, which is funny because she just came out. And we never did anything with these records. So I have to figure out, I, you know what? I have to put all my records together. I might send you something to get your opinion, if that's okay with you. Stuff that nobody else would ever heard. Glad, glad to help out. I, I help everybody how I can. Well, can um, I encourage you? you? There's a record on, on Parliament's last record called Anti-Social Media. What? A Medicaid, fraud, Medicaid fraud Dog album. It's called Anti-Social Media Whore? It's, no, it doesn't have the whore part. It's called... Uh, exactly. This one, it's um, anti-social oh, media, where George says anti-social media ain't shit. <laughs> oh, my God. We didn't even know that. I had no idea. Because yeah. he wrote the song. I mean, um, Robert, most he wrote most of the song. Then I come in and put my little two cents. Because Don't Fall For It was called I Fell For It. And I was like, uh-uh, Bobby. We can't come from a victim. Mm -mm. We're coming from a strong, victorious place. So we flipped it. And I, I, cause you can get behind. Don't fall for it. Absolutely. And he, I love him because he knows what he wants. But he's very, very. Um, I love working with him. He's he's good, firm, but he's he doesn't make you feel intimidated. He, he lets you do your thing. And I don't know. I really like him. I know I love him. I okay. I love Bobby. I just think he's amazing. He's so awesome. And he's such a good guy. And he he deserves this. And he just got a movie. Like he's a music, he does. He's a music editor for TV and film. And he mm -hmm. just got a movie with the guy. Who's the guy? Oops, the Spider-Man character. Whoops, everybody's gonna be mad at me. Peter Park. What's his name? Yeah, no. Peter Park. <laughs> no, the real guy, not the character. This real oh, day. The, 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 the latest actor. Oh right. I don't know. I know Tobey Maguire. But oh, it's either Tobey Maguire or the other guy. I don't know which one, but he just got a movie, and he's. This is like an elevation for him. So I'm so excited because um, his mom thanked me. I mean, I'm, I think we should participate in other people's dreams. And then by doing so, your dream, your dream will be achieved. I strongly feel that. Because I wanted him to get this dream happening because he's, he's been in his, you know, in his little, doing his thing, a lot of work at home, not really outside, just really staying at home, doing his thing. So now people really are going to know who he is. And I'm really happy about that. I'm really happy. What, what, so what's the last thing you worked on that involved George Clinton? Ooh, ooh, that's a great question. Um, he did some songs for me that I totally forgot about. I got to send you those. He actually did some, oh, oh, I have a video that George and I did this, um, we did a show in Park City, Utah at Harry O's, I believe. And I invited him. I paid for him to come down. You know, I he's my cameo guy. And I videotaped it. And I have that video, and it is pretty awesome. So I'm going to definitely put it up for a possible sale. Like about how many years ago was that, maybe? Oh, oh that was a while back. He was still, he was a wild man. It was good. Um, I have to look. So is it before Appreciate Me? Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. Um, yes, because I was with another band. I, I called my band Luna Baby. 
Yeah, it was before Appreciate Me. So you haven't done anything uh, with George since he's kind of sobered up and exactly. I mean, my mother was like, my mother was like, well, George, because he told my mom. My mom told him. She said, Hey, George, I'll let my daughter go on tour with you because I was really young. And she said, But you got to promise me you're gonna look out for her. He said, Okay. So he calls me. He used to call me periodically, like, Hey. He calls my mom. Like, I'm still looking out for her. And my mom said. Why isn't George putting you on any of the stuff that he's doing now? Doesn't he know that you're on all the hits? My mother, like she's saying this, like what's what's up with that? My mom said that. I'm like I don't I even think think about it. Like I don't know, but I it is time for him and I to do a collaboration. I think the fans are gonna just say, Hey George, look at me, I'm out here doing this. I mean, he worked with Scream and Rachel, okay, and I'm in the dance field. He's never done any dancing. And Louis Vega, George, duh, I'm a dance person over here that has a name. It's kind of um, like common sense here, like duh. But I'm not gonna beg. <laughs> well, how how how's your relationship with the other surviving, you know, funk mob people? Um, we are good. Although I did see a letter by somebody that wrote to somebody and said, "Oh, everybody, I I I love um, I love all of the everybody. I mean, I didn't have any issues with anyone. Like um." I we're pretty good. We're we have a good relationship. Um, I just wish there was more community spirit, to be honest with you. Because sometimes I used to feel like when you go there, sometimes they never treated me like George and, and Carolina are always absolutely wonderful. But um, I like the the the, the t shirt guy said something. You're not with the band now, like little crappy stuff. But I go there and I George let me sing on stage. You know, if I'm in the area, I go up there and I put my I put it down for him. I do that. And I don't charge him. I do it out of love. And then you got people acting like, you know, like you're not supposed to be there. Excuse me. I helped build this stage. Excuse me. Duh. No, I mean, it's crazy. But I'm only there with love. I don't come from love. I, I don't come from fear. I come from love. So I wish there was more of that going on, to be honest with you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> did, did, did you ever imagine back, um, say, in like 1980? that George would still be out there touring, doing the P-Funk thing? No! <laughs> I was just telling my husband, like, can you believe how big this thing has grown into? It's like, whoa! And I'm a part of this. Who knew? I don't even know how many people know me. You know, I really... We're, we're going to know you now, and that's a big reason why I wanted to have you on. So. Are you serious? I don't even know this was a divine thing. Me doing this was... It was a divine thing because it was it was supposed to happen. I didn't know why, but uh, you are amazing. <laughs> when I spotted you, I'm like, oh shocks. I said, I know who this is. Oh my god. So I have no. I'm not, you know, afraid to. I want to tell people like, don't be afraid to ask a question because you think mm -hmm. the answer might be no. Because if you if you don't ask ask, it's an automatic no. Absolutely. And you you don't you don't get what you don't ask. That's right. The yeah. squeaky mom said the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Right. Basically, if you don't squeak, they're gonna like. I don't know. You need oil. Just saying. So tell 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 us about um, this book that you're hoping to uh, get out soon. My book. Uh, I'm definitely calling it Never Buy Texas from a Cowboy. Uh, semicolon. Don't fall for it. That's the name of the book. Um, it's it is a memoir a chronicle of my life. Um, just trying to help people through, I want them to get a, a sense of um, experience some things that they don't have to experience to actually know that this isn't going to work. 
Like, this did not work. Don't do this. I just want to share some of the good times, some of the beauty, uh, and and just life. It's about life. The book is about, it's about life. And I, it's juicy. There's some juicy parts that I probably won't be able to keep in there. But, uh, uh, yeah. And I just wanted to, I wanted to write this book for, I've been trying to write it for five years. And I ended up getting with my friend Michelle Mormel. I love Michelle, by the way. She's awesome. She We read a yoga class. And she's like, I heard you're writing a book. I'm like, yeah. She says, so am I. So if you're writing a book and you can't seem to get it together, you get a partner and you guys schedule times to write together. And then you'll write better because you'll write more often because you don't want to disappoint your partner. See, we will disappoint ourselves. We will we'll make excuses for ourselves. Oh, I can do that later. But if you make a, an appointment with someone to meet them and write the book, you're going to do that. That's why it's almost done. It was a year ago. <laughs> so it's almost done now. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how to end it. But it's it's been interesting just to wow. sit and write it. Well, we look forward to that. Oh, yeah. And I hope you'll be a part of that in yeah, some anyway. fashion. Yeah, any way I can help. I can't wait to see it. I, I I really it's gonna be some it's gonna be interesting. I just and the title was just like it was so Dawn called me and said she had her book and I was like okay and she called the shadows on the wall. I'm like, oh so I'm gonna take a title. How about Never by Texas? That's perfect. And it made sense because don't fall for it and never by Texas mean the same thing. So how is it that I ended up doing that was one of my first songs with Brides and now I do this a song with the same message. Oh, and Pokemon. Did you know I did Pokemon? Oh, the movie. I saw I, that. I saw that in the credits. Changes. Everything changes. That song. Yes. I sang that movie. That, I mean, that song. That was interesting. Because I had to audition in, in, front, in the front of a whole bunch of guys in suits. And I wasn't used to that. And they're like, okay, now sing this and do this. And, and I made it. I got it. So I was I'm really excited about Pokemon. <laughs> and who knew that Pokemon is still relevant? Really? It's still relevant. Like very, they're doing Pokemon pop up shows, pop up bars. I never. It went over my head, but my son, who's fifteen now, uh, he was very into it for a while. And uh, do you remember the song "Everything Changes" by Sheila Brody? It's on. It's on uh, YouTube, of course. But I've had I've had grown. I've had people contact me like, I love that song. That song was my, like, you know. And I wasn't even thinking about it. I just did it and kept moving. And it went to number one on Billboard. That was wow. a number one song too. Wow. Yeah. You've had an, good. you've had an amazing uh, career, so varied, and uh, you know. And now it's time to put it all together, and create that supernova. And and just be, I just want to be um, that light for every. I want to be, I really want to be that light for people that shines in their heart that makes them smile and keeps their heart, you know, warm and, and, and kind. Because I think kindness is everything. Yeah. Truth, joy, and love. If you can do those three, you got it made. Wow. You know, you keep saying stuff that I just can't argue with. You can't, I mean, it's like so, and, and it's so obvious that people, and I'm like, how come people don't know this? Some people do know, but if I can share whatever wisdom I have that's been shared with me to make a difference in someone's life, if I, if that song Don't Fall For It saves one life, then I've done what I'm supposed to do. Because there's a line in there, you think you're two steps ahead, but you could end up dead, don't fall for it. That's real serious. 
You know, I watch those shows. You ever watch those like ID and all those shows that come on Oxygen? The shows about the situations that people get into. Well, all those shows are about people that fell for something. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> you just, you just, you have to really be on your toes. Don't be a victim. Don't be a victim. Be victorious. Yeah. Be victorious in life, not be a victim. Now, Shell, I want to ask you. Looking back over all this, what would you say that you're most proud of accomplishing? Wow. Wow. Well, my children, for sure, because they're awesome. Um, uh, wow. Ooh, that is ru- Ooh, I didn't see that question. Let me think. Uh, what am I, I'm, I'm most proud of um, everything that I've been through in my life. Uh, I'm proud that I've had a chance to work on my character and build my character to become the best human that I can be. Because I think we're all on this earth to to be a good human. That's what we're supposed to learn to be. And I think I'm pretty much becoming, if I'm not right now, a good human. That is my goal, to be the best human that I can be to anybody else that might need that. Because a lot of times people are, they, they kind of forget about other people. You know what I mean? And we are connected. We're all one. We are connected. We're not disconnected. So you can't put your head in the sand and say, I'm not going to worry about them because it will affect you eventually. That's just not possible. And what am I most proud of? Um, Being able to do what I love, to write songs, um, to make a difference in people's lives. And I'm proud of the fact that my songs have made a difference in people's lives and maybe even saved some people's lives. So I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. My greatest win is like, I am living the life that I know I'm supposed to live. And I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. I have the most amazing husband. Oh my God, he is amazing. And he understands me like no one else has ever understood me. Um, He lets me be who I am and he's really supportive of what I'm doing. And I have family members, my mother is amazing. I have my cousin here, she's amazing. I, I just, Diane is amazing. My mom, Dorothy. I'm just really surrounded by amazing people in my family and my life. And I'm very, very, very blessed for that. And I cherish it. And I encourage people to get to know your family if you can and get to know, get to know love. Get to be love. Be love, do love, and you have love. See, that wasn't, so hard. That wasn't so hard, was it? <laughs> We do have. That was a great question. Can I tell you, your questions are pretty good. Wow. I really had to think about that one. <laughs> so how can uh, people best keep up with everything that you're doing? Um, on Facebook, I'm Amuka Kelly, of course. Um, I'm also on Instagram, uh, Amuka on Instagram. Uh, I could, I can give, I do have an email that, you know, but I know if I should do that. Mm, okay. I'm going to, I have an email that I do give out one email, amuka7, A-M-U-K-A and the number seven at gmail.com. Amuka, A-M-U-K-A, which means effortless delivery and to wake up. Amuka7, the number seven at gmail.com. Send me an email. Yeah. yeah. Check me out on Facebook. Check me. And you know, my website, I am working on my website. 
which is amukamusic.com. It's in the it's in the works. Oh boy, boy, it's like it's almost like having a you know how people have um, carpenters or people come in their homes, builders come in, <laughs> contractors that take forever. Contractors, it's kind of similar to that. I'm trying to yeah. get your website built. I'm not joking. Yeah, well, that's why so many people I think have just given up and stick with Facebook nowadays. I mean, Facebook is a really. I mean, I'm like, why are we being forced? I was told like, okay, I was told this. Now I don't know, I don't know if this is true. But my friend was like, Sheila, you know how um, there's certain things that irk black people about white people, and there's certain things that irk white people about black people. My like, yeah. he said, well, this is one thing that irks white people. But why your website? Why are your website so jacked up? That's what he said to me. I'm like, what? It's a black thing. I didn't know it was a black thing. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm on a mission to get my website up to par, so I won't be looked at like, why is your website so jacked up? I mean, it, it is it is happening, and I had one with um, Public Enemy, which was called SheilaBrody.com, but that we don't we're not using that one right now. It's a Mooka Music uh, .com right now, but it's in the works. But I do have Facebook. You can get me on Facebook, Amuka Kelly. I don't have any room for any more friends right now, and I gotta figure out. I tried to start another one, but they won't. They won't budge. They're like, nope, this is you. We know this is you. And yes, I do run my own Facebook. Believe it or not, no one runs it. I do, which I know a lot of people that don't, but I do. Great. Well, thanks. We appreciate you keeping it real. I have to. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I kind of learned that from George. George told me. He said, and he did. He said, look, Sheila. Whenever you feel like you're so full of yourself, like you were just all this and all that, he said, go into the bathroom, say it into the toilet, and then flush it. He said, because that's about what it means to anybody else. I was like, that was the best lesson he ever taught me. And he also said, you must always take time for your fans. Don't be all Miss Tootie Patootie and you can't, I don't know, I'm too busy to give, you a, to give you the time of day. No, don't do that. And he's right, because I've had artists that I've met, like actors and singers, they were like that, and I could, and I didn't want it. I didn't want nothing to do with them again. If you dish your fan, you if you lose, you lose them. That's it. And I'm not willing to lose my fans. So I thank George for a lot of wisdom that he passed on to me, and it was really important. Yeah, it's like he said, you can't do anything about the rain, so why bother? Why bother getting upset? It's going to rain. That's what it does. <laughs> he said, you can't get mad about the rain, right? Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing all your wisdom on truth and rhythm. Oh, thank you for having me. And I just want to tell everybody that um, you are loved and don't give up and live life, make live life easy, man. It's don't make it hard. Just don't. And the best way to do that is work. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, but at least, you know, now that if you sponsor, if all of your thoughts and all of your actions are sponsored by love, you are guaranteed a glorious life. That's it. And and don't rent in receiver. Don't rent a receipt because you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, it's like fear will get you nowhere. That's it. And negativity, nobody has any time for that. We don't have time for that. Thank you. Chill. We're just a mist on this earth. Like, boom. So you might as well enjoy it while you're here. Yeah. Hard for other people and haters. Bye, haters. <laughs> There's no room for them. No. Well, Sheila, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thank you so much. 
Oh, thank you. And please let's stay in touch because I, I think you're awesome too. Thank oh. you for keeping the funk alive. Thank you for just like rocking this show and just being really just making it easy. You're you rock and thank you very much for you. Hey, back at Truth and Rhythm headquarters. Thank you for joining us on another magical ride with Truth and Rhythm. Whether you're watching or listening, as always, thank you so much for your continued interest and support. Be sure to subscribe. Go to YouTube. Go to the Funkin' Stuff channel. That's where Truth and Rhythm lives and breathes and thrives. Also, goodies here like TIR Quick Takes. And if you subscribe, you know what? You get the show before anyone else. It's free. If you love jazz, funk, R&B, soul, you can't miss it. Pass it along. Tell a friend. Tell family. This audience is growing, and it is a beautiful thing, all coming together for the love of this great music. Also, if you can throw us a buck or two, we could use the support financially, keeping the lights on, keeping the servers going, all these expenses. If you can help support the program, whatever you can give, much appreciated. Go to the FunkinStuff.net website, and on the right-hand side of every page, you just click and you can donate through PayPal, credit card, whatever. Very easy to do and so much appreciated. And if you do a sizable donation, I will mention you on the program. Also drop me a line. Email me at scottg at funkinstuff.net. Let me know who else you'd like to see on the show, what you enjoy about the music. Let's just kibitz and uh, talk about stuff, you know, talk music. You'll find that I respond very quickly, and I much enjoy the uh, rapport and the camaraderie and the interaction. Always remember, this is your show the true music lover. So for now, that's all the time we have for this one. It's a wrap. As always, Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one. <laughs>